0: As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Here we are at last. It's taken us five Wednesdays, and it took Joseph and his family many years to get to this point, where they could look back on the conflict, hardship, uncertainties, surprises, and downright wickedness of their past, and see God's hand working in, through, and despite them. Even as late as Genesis 50 verse 15, when Joseph's family had made the move to Egypt and settled in the land of Goshen, Joseph's brothers are wondering whether Joseph's beneficence toward them was simply for the sake of their father. When Jacob dies, the brothers say to each other, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. And they beg Joseph for forgiveness, falling down before him and pledging to become his servants. Does this remind you of another story in the Bible? A parable maybe that Jesus told about a scoundrel? who had the effrontery to ask his father for his share of the inheritance in advance and then squanders it, goes broke, loses his friends and returns home in disgrace, asking his father to make him a servant in his household. I wonder if in describing the father's reaction to seeing that son come home, Jesus had in mind Joseph's reaction to his brother's plea for forgiveness and servitude. For Joseph, so far from taking revenge on his brothers and making them his slaves, says to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are here today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. And so he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph's response to his brothers is a model of forgiveness and reconciliation. He doesn't deny or minimize their sin but points to the hand of God who can bring evil, who can bring good even from evil Joseph leaves retribution in God's hands and addresses his brothers with one of God's favorite greetings in his encounters with people do not fear We'll hear that same phrase again twice in Matthew 28 on Easter Sunday. Once from the angel who speaks to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary at Jesus' tomb, and then again from Jesus himself when he meets them on their way to tell the disciples. Today, as we did this past Sunday at the tomb of Lazarus, We are feeling the tremors of Jesus' resurrection emanating out from his empty tomb. And though to be caught in an earthquake is a dreadful thing, this cataclysm is one on which we want to be on the receiving end. For it is a cataclysm that leaves in its wake not death and destruction, but forgiveness, life, and salvation. Do not fear, do not be afraid is God's message to us who, having died and been buried with Christ in holy baptism, are now raised with him to walk in newness of life. Part of the joy of resurrection is knowing that we were dead in our sins. That's one reason that Lent precedes Easter consciousness of sin drives us to repentance and throwing ourselves down before God asking for his mercy but to the person who isn't aware that he is guilty dead in sin and without hope to that person forgiveness life and salvation may not seem like anything special nothing to see here, nothing to write home about. To the person who, meeting the risen Jesus, doesn't realize that he had died, there is no great cause for rejoicing. But knowing what we were and from where we came primes us to respond appropriately to redemption and resurrection. As William Nicholson wrote in his 1989 play Shadowlands about a family struggling through cancer and pondering the promise of heaven, the pain now is part of the happiness then. Not many people remember the story of Joseph for its portrayal of repentance, but it is there. And just as Joseph's forgiveness of his brothers is a model for us, so too is the repentance of Joseph's brothers a model for us. Keenly aware of their sin and guilt, they throw themselves at Joseph's feet and ask to become his servants. And we could do worse than to imitate their excellent example when confessing our sins to God. Jacob, their father, is also keenly aware of his sin and unworthiness. Talk about a checkered past. Speaking to Pharaoh in Genesis chapter 50 verse 9, Jacob says, The days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. And they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their sojourning. Few and evil have been the days of my life, says says Jacob. Isn't that a lesson in self-awareness? And yet we don't despair. For though we have often meant and done evil against God and others, The story of Joseph reminds us that God can use us, even in our worst moments, for good. For in the marvelous words of Psalm 103, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Thanks be to God for clothing us, children of dust, In the robe of his own righteousness, forgiving us and raising us with Christ to walk in newness of life. It reminds me of a story I heard somewhere about a father who gave his son a beautiful robe.